Welcome to the Land and Blast podcast. I'm Sam Terrell. I'm Chris Martin. And today we're doing a September recap. It has been archery season. And a few other things. And a few other things. And so we wanted to take you through a little download of what we've been up to. Pull back the curtain. Pull back the curtain. Yeah. And we're sitting outside on probably one of the last warm-ish nights that we'll have for a little while. Two or three more forecasted warm nights. But I'll tell you what, I feel the fire a little bit behind us. Yeah. And it feels pretty good. I know, it's I feel nice. that it's changing. Yeah. Seasons are a change and we're in that shoulder season between summer and fall. How has your September been, good sir? September. I'm pretty sure it's October now. It so. is. So we're a few days into October. <laughs> uh, September was full of ups and downs. I mean, it obviously it was archery season, so there, I had a trip in there. Um, but really... It was kind of interesting. So I came back from Alaska and I came back honestly a little beat up. I was a little bit tired and I had a whole bunch of different things hitting, you know, work-wise. And um, yeah, it was interesting. I kind of, I got a first-hand, uh, first-hand experience of like experiencing some complacency, which hmm. I hadn't really been experiencing in the last year, year and a half. But I would just, I came back and I was just focused on my feet were a little bit wrecked. Yeah, you and had some issues with your boots up in Alaska. Yeah, they were a little bit wrecked, but I was definitely felt pretty complacent. I was excited about going uh, to, on the elk hunting trip. I was excited about the family part of it. So what I was trying to do when I when I built the two trips that I initially started for this year, uh, my Idaho trip was intended to be like my main hunting, like hardcore trip. And that's coming up. Right? Yeah, that's coming up here in a couple okay. weeks, three weeks. Um, but the September trip, the elk hunting trip, or the archery hunting trip, I should say, because we had buck tags too, um, we were going to try something new. Yeah. And my wife and the kids were going to go. My buddy Jeff, who I was hunting with, his wife and his daughter were going to go. So it was going to be like this hybrid of like a family trip and a hunting trip. I was really excited about it, uh, but I learned some lessons, which we can get into. Okay. But yeah. How was your September? It was, it was really good. It's been a wedding planning September for me. Yeah. So hunt, you know, and we, we had this, Erica and I had this big discussion. She was like, this is not a hunting year for you. <laughs> and I, you know, said, okay, I completely understand. So uh, my priorities have definitely shifted this fall, but it was actually kind of fun. So September started, um, I didn't, I wasn't fully set up for bow season. I was mm -hmm. way behind the eight ball and having my gear together, I had got. But this is still your second year bow hunting? Only, yeah, my second year bow hunting. Yeah. And with a new bow again. Because yeah. I had a starter bow and then I killed something with it. I was like, oh, I'm a great bow hunter now. I need a new, <laughs> I need an upgrade. So I. I so that I, means you got the addiction. Uh, yes, it, it, exactly. It Full blown addict to the bow season thing. <laughs> I love it. And, uh, but no, uh, September started off really fun. I went. Um, upland hunting with a buddy of mine and we ended up shooting a bunch of doves and having a oh. great day so we just kind of like that there in central oregon yeah in central oregon oh, nice. just threw in like an upland day and so like a bunch of doves went down those are in the freezer ready for appetizers or something like that <laughs> um but i was able to get out into the woods a little bit this uh this september and it was really cool and we'll go into this a little bit more as as we get further into this episode but i had some wild elk interactions this year that blew last season completely out of the water I'm jealous it was it was really cool and spoiler alert did not shoot anything so don't let's not get our hopes up but so spoiler alert for this whole thing we're talking about <laughs> what we learned not to do right. in many ways this so. is lessons learned for sure <laughs> um but no i mean september september has been getting out as much as i can full-blown weekend warrior status so let's, let's back up let's talk about i mean for a minute let's just kind of recap why like why why does sam hunt like because I think, I think a lot of people, at least when I talk to them, they're like, 
like, you didn't kill an elk this year. What, isn't that like super depressing? I'm like, yeah, it wasn't that much fun, like that part of it, but there was so many other aspects of it that was fun. So what, what, why do you, why do you hunt? Cause it's definitely not to necessarily fill the freezer every year. It's more experiential, challenging. Like, what does it mean to you? Absolutely. So I started off as a bird hunter. That was where my, my that's where I started my hunting career. Mm -hmm. And as I've gotten older, I've moved into the big game category. And I banged around after moving into Oregon, rifle hunting, experimenting. And now that I've entered bow season, the hunting is more of an exercise in understanding animal behaviors, mm -hmm. environmental patterns. Like I'm starting to break into how the moon phase affects elk movements how temperature affects rut. This was all very the new. fall equinox. Yes. Things like that. Exactly. <laughs> and it's stuff that I never, one, really knew about, two, paid much attention to. Mm -hmm. And so for me, why do I hunt? One, it gets me outside. There's also a component about elk hunting specifically that's fairly physical. And in addition to wanting to look good in my suit for you know my October wedding date, <laughs> working out for the sake of chasing animals around a mountain gives me a lot, like there's, for whatever reason, that drives me more than mm -hmm. just like a standard, like, hey, let's go to the gym type thing. It gives me a, like a, a destination to arrive at mm -hmm. and goals to set. And, uh, and just getting out there and exploring, getting time in the wilderness is something that a lot of people don't get to do. Uh, the places we get to see. Yes. I saw mountain goats. Where? When we were elk hunting, we were up in the in the strawberries. Yeah, got to see. I think it was about twenty mountain goats. Oh, that's in this news one to me. That's basin. really cool. I had to hold something back. Right. Okay. One well, little yeah, surprise. Can't tell me everything. I guess. <laughs> but that's awesome. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Sorry. So, I, sorry. I completely distracted no, no, you no, from that's, your that's train exactly, of thought. That that answers the question perfectly. It's yeah. like to see stuff. I mean, why do you go hunting? Why do I go hunting? Obviously, at the end of the day, if you're able to harvest protein, that's like my political, politically <laughs> correct way of, of saying killing something. If you're able to harvest protein, it's a great success. I'm gonna steal that. Right? Protein <laughs> harvest, baby. But at the end of the day, being out there, seeing animals in their natural habitat, being able to engage with nature as a human, but also a member of that natural community, all of that stuff is really freaking cool. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the main reasons that I have kind of glommed on to big game hunting, archery hunting in particular, because you're interacting with animals, you're talking like them, you're, you're trying to get them to be pissed off like you, or, 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 <laughs> or all, like, attracted to you. Like yeah, you listen exactly. to Corey Jacobson talk, he's like, you gotta be emotional when you're calling elk. I'm like, what does that even mean? And now I'm mindset. starting to get it. Like, yeah. Yeah, so, anyway. so same question to you, what, why do you hunt? Well, I've spent a couple, I've spent more than a minute thinking about that here in the last couple of years is I've just kind of restructured, evaluated, just looked at why I do certain things. Because I mean, I had an honest kind of, con I'm not even sure I've ever verbalized this to anyone, including my wife, I'm not even sure. But I kind of question like, why do I hunt? Why do I want to be in the outdoors? Like, should I really, and this was, you know, in the face of business and family and kids and just trying to find priorities and trying to, you know, like, you know, God, should I be doing, should I be spending time doing this? Should I be spending money doing this? Other stuff like that. And I, I realized that like, there's something wired into, I think us as men to, we need challenge. We need things to, to go and try to forgive the term, but conquer. Sure. Yeah, we yeah. need things to stir up testosterone, I guess. I don't know. I don't know how else I'd put it, but, but like there's something about accomplishing hard things and go, striving after 
you know, things that Who's are, gonna are difficult. Who's going to carry the boats? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Just goggins entered my head. But, but yeah, it's like, like, like the psychology behind it's a good thing to go and accomplish those things. And it's a good thing to teach your sons, your kids, that, it, that you're going to um, do hard things in life. And yes, some of them may be purely out of pursuit of passion. Trust me, hunting's not easy. It's not going to a, a, you know, a sports bar and watching a game and eating nachos. Totally. Like, I, I'm over that whole, like, okay, I'm, I'm going to digress for a second. I came back. No, we'll wait to the end. The <laughs> biggest takeaway from this trip I got had to do with comfort or lack thereof. Okay. And changing my mental But we'll get to that towards the end. So, anyway. Okay. Let's hear about, let's hear about your... Let's hear about your September and hunting and what what else happened in September? How's real estate been? Real estate's actually been great. Yeah. <laughs> Things like for I feel very lucky right now um, because you know there's right now we're in we're in October 2023. We're coming out of September and interest rates have just peaked beyond eight percent as of this week. At least that was the update I received this week, <sighs> which is crazy. It's I think correct me if I'm wrong, but it's the highest interest rates have been in the past 25 years. Honestly, my week's been so crazy this week, I haven't even looked at interest rates. Okay. So I'm going to take your word for it. That's, and, and I think we're still seeing seven and a quarter, uh, but it's the first time in a long time that it's gone over 8%. Yeah. And, you know, I'm getting notes from title agents asking how business is. And so the rumblings around the water cooler is that things are a little rough right now. Mm -hmm. In my world, in my office, luckily for me, things have been very busy in a good way. Uh, you know, new listings. We have a closing together. The first deal that Chris and I have ever worked on is closing. On opposite sides. On opposite sides is closing tomorrow. Smoothest it, transaction I have going right now. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, it's it. But like, you know, all jokes aside, like it's been it's been a great it's been a great year. It's first, you know, I'm, I'm capping in September. It's that's a first for me. You know, yeah, like it, so cool. Yeah. So like, so you've I'm, had your best year, and we're not even into the fourth quarter. Exactly. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's been super solid. Uh, Congrats. Thank you very much. Thank you. And thank you for the help along the way. It's, it's been a, a journey and I appreciate all it's the insight fun. and help that you provide. We're not done. We're, we're just not, getting started. We're just getting rolling now. So on the business side, things are good for me in my world. Yeah. Solid. And, and your T minus three weeks to marriage, two and a half weeks. It's crazy. Yeah. Like yeah. two and a half weeks on the 21st. I mean, we're, we're slowly, it, we're slowly rapidly approaching it. It's like, yeah. I feel like everything <laughs> was fine. And then all of a sudden, wham, there's this wall of like, here we go. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm just excited about a lot of stuff. It's going to be the first vacation I've taken. The honeymoon's going to be the first vacation. And we got to plan a vacation together that I, we were able to take this year because I've right just on. been under the gun working. But all, you know, all of that aside, the respite that I was able to take for myself this year, which resulted in me being disheveled and sleep deprived, was going out at like three in the morning and hiking back into the backcountry. Mm -hmm. And uh, I hunted, I had a month so long. Just, let's just take us blow by blow through what you, your hunting season this year. Sure. For, for, through, maybe you were going there and I'm interrupting. No, no, you're fine. Let's, let's just take it. Blow by blow, uh, archery season opened, I wasn't prepared. So I, I went <laughs> hunting for doves and I killed some doves and they are in the freezer ready to become appetizers. Um, and uh, I, I spent some time getting ready uh, got the new bow all set up. I was really late this year, and I knew that I was going to be, and that was okay with me. We had a good excuse. Had a really good excuse, wedding planning, new gear, all that stuff. But yeah. got my bow dialed, got all my kit together, and went in uh, expecting to see animals and ended up hearing more animals than I saw this year. 
That's awesome. It was it was wild. And so for I, elk hunting, that's awesome. It was really cool. It was deer hunting, and they're running away from you, you know, blowing yeah. warning sounds. That did that's happen, so. too, but we're not going to go into that in full <laughs> detail right now. But, no, so, yes, uh, I hunted big game over the course of my month-long season for five days this year. <laughs> I weekend-warriored five hardcore days of hunting. And one of them was just out by myself, bugling, trying mm -hmm. to call something in. And it, was, it wasn't cold at all yet. We're still in the 60s and 70s. And I have a spot that I go to that's about an hour away from my house. So I, you know, go to bed whenever I go to bed, have the truck loaded, wake up early, 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 and try to be out there by, I don't know, like four in the morning, you mm -hmm. know? So, so out there early, hiking in in the dark, and then listening at first light. And I have a couple spots that I frequent, and I heard some animals bugled, but I noticed, which was different than last year, last year, I definitely had animals coming in when I would bugle, hunting around the same time, and I have dates you know, on my phone on Onyx of when I was there last year versus this year, and I color code, I get all kinds of you know, super techie, on, not even techie, it's just super organized. You're nerding out. Yeah, nerd out on my Onyx with different colors for different years, and that way I can say like, okay, I was at this spot at this time last year, and this is how the elk were behaving. And then I can compare and contrast to this year, and what I noticed is, is that elk were responding this year but they were rotating and it had nothing to do with getting bumped, had nothing to do with being winded. It was almost like the rut was started, but maybe the cows weren't in full estrus yet, so they weren't as roided out. But they, I would, they would talk, but as you would move closer, they would move farther away. And it was almost like we'd play this little do-si-do -si -do game hmm. where everybody would rotate around each other. And so that was kind of my first day out. I couldn't get anything to come in. And, but you were hearing elk. But I was hearing elk. See, that's still a ball of fun. It, it was crazy. Yeah. I mean, like, and, it, and it'll, it'll tick you off because you're like, all right, I know you're there. Why are you pushing? You know, like, and yeah. then you start thinking, you start playing your own mind games. Like, is that a hunter? Is that an actual elk? If I, should I get really aggressive? Is that yeah. like a young bull? And I know, very, I, you know, admittedly, very little about big game hunting. I'm in a learning stage of my yeah. big game hunting career. So am I. And it's fun. For elk. I, for elk. Yeah. And I, I really like being in that stage because it's, you know, sky's the limit. The best, the best day of my hunt this year came when my two buddies and I went out and hunted together. <clears throat> One has a bow tag like me, and he's been hunting by himself. And my other buddy, has, he's going to have a rifle tag, but he's going to hunt the same unit. Mm -hmm. And so he came out as an additional spotter. And the one day that we hunted together, I, we camped out there, me and my buddy with the bow tag. Mm -hmm. We get out and we're, we go out to one spot where I know there's an elk. We get a bugle call and response. And then it just turns off by like noon. And I'm a mid- That's pretty normal. Totally normal. I'm a midday hunter. I'll hunt from dawn until dusk. I'll hunt all the way through the middle of the day. And so we're bugling, trying to get some activity. It turns off by noon. We go back, get a little food. Uh, where we hunt has full service, so we actually ended up watching part of the Ducks game, which was kind of fun on my buddy's iPad, which is crazy. <laughs> it's like stupid that we have cell service out there. But um, we decide to go glass. And my buddy who doesn't have a tag, he's calling us on the cell phone. He's like, hey, man, where are you guys? We're like, oh, we're on this rock right here glassing this bowl. He's like, all right, well, cool. I'll be there like in an hour. I'm bringing the ATV just in case anything happens. I'm like, all right, we'll keep you posted. So he rolls up, and my buddy, that we both have tags, and we're sitting there, and we're glassing. It's starting to get later in the afternoon, and we're like, man, there's nothing moving right now. We bugle every once in a while, see if anything happens. We don't hear anything. And my buddy ends up sneaking up behind us. We're like, oh, hey, what's up, Alex? And he sits down. He's like, hey, guys, how's it going? And he sits down, and I, I kid you not, we're five minutes into kind of BSing and talking and stuff, and he goes, oh, there's a bull. And we go, ha, ha, ha. And he goes, no, on that ridge. And sure enough, we look up, 
and there's this monster six by six just cruising <laughs> around on the edge, and we're like, what is going on? <laughs> so we, and we start, I started calling him Sneaky Six, because he would not reply to anything. Mm. And we'd seen him, I'd seen him before. Uh, we'd seen him a couple days before when I was hunting by myself, and we chased after him, nothing happened. But we see him on this, on this rim, he bails over it, and we're like, guys, let's go. So we sprint <laughs> up this hill as fast as we possibly can. And we get over the top of it, are sneaking through the woods, and it's you know, almost sundown by now. And we're just pushing, we can't find him, we don't see anything, we have no idea what's happening. We're like, you know what? This is shot, we're bugling, we're, we're out there till dark, and it just is a total botched operation. And so we go back to camp, and we kind of, we, we rage cage a little bit, have a late night, make a bunch of food and stuff, and so we ended up getting a late start the next day. However, to our benefit, we did not see a single thing that <laughs> We did an entire loop. We hiked about 10, 11 miles, bugling, looking for sign, all this stuff, nothing. So we're heading back into camp. It is a full day. It's like we, we left at like six and it's now like three in the afternoon and we're heading back to camp and we're like, this sucks. This is like, well, <laughs> and it's starting to rain and it's miserable. And we're walking by this burn area that goes up to a heavily timbered zone and it's just like straight uphill. And we're kind of walking along and it's like, dude, we've got like a few hours left until sundown. Just throw one more bugle up there. <laughs> throw one more bugle. My buddy just goes, all right. So he just rips this throaty, mean, loud, and it echoes across the burn area. And we're quiet and deep in the timber. We have, <laughs> and we go, Let's go. So we all start sprinting, sprinting. up this, sprinting up this mountainside. And the only thing in my mind was is from how high I heard it, my one mission objective was get above that bull. Get yeah. above that bull, get higher than him. So I am running as fast as I can with my pack and my bow up this hill over blow down, just hauling as fast as I can. And we have cell service. So I get to the top of this ridge and I look back and I don't see my buddies. And I look back and I'm like, where are you? Come on, let's go. we gotta go, we gotta go. And my phone rings and, my, and it's my buddy. I go, hey, where are you? He goes, oh, we're, we're, up, we're halfway up the hill. I was like, I'm already up the hill. And he goes, wait, what? Wait, we, did, we can't see you. I was like, no, I can see you. I'm up at the, he goes, no, you can't be in front. I said, yes, I beat you up the hill. We gotta go, we gotta go. We gotta get on top of these things. And he's like, oh, okay, let's, okay, okay. Click. And we both start running again. So you get to like this wall out of this burn area. Area, and it just turns into thick timber and it is pouring down rain <laughs> and so we start pushing through the timber drenching wet and we're in our lightweight you know summer summer attire we yeah. have our rain gear and the thing but it is <laughs> dumping all of a sudden my boots i have discovered are not waterproof anymore <laughs> after trekking in them for a year and a half or whatever so they are just mushy mushy moccasins and i am pushing through this timber and we all kind of get into the same zone where i'm a little bit higher than them on the hill they're a little below me and i rip a bugle and this big throaty bugle pops up two two little weak ones pop up my buddies hear those bugles they bugle the entire forest erupts with bugles and it's like 3:30 we're like oh my god here we go here we go and so we start and we can't really tell where the other person is. And you're trying to figure out, okay, is that a bugle tube? Is that me? Is that them? And we're trying to figure it out. And it's like, okay, that's definite. And I hear a bugle. I'm like, okay, that's them. And then two more bugles go off. And I'm like, wait a minute. Who is, what, are those hunters? What is that? 
and basically we start kind of rotating around the hillside and every time there was so at one, this point were you still on a hillside it's, still, it's going straight up <laughs> it is going straight up there's a trail and then it kind of there's a there's a couple of little shelves but it just continues going straight up it's an incline and we ended up doing total we checked the onyx we ended up doing like 15 miles and change that day oh my goodness and had about 35 or yeah about 3500 feet in elevation change oh my goodness so we were cruising so I'll cut to the chase on this one. We are in thick timber. It is pouring down rain. We are having bulls erupt around us everywhere. We cannot figure out for the life of us how many bulls there were. We counted probably, if we were if we were guessing a low number, somewhere between seven and 10 bulls in this one area. It was a lot of unique bull sounds. But there was one that was throaty and, and didn't speak a lot, but when he spoke, he was mean. <laughs> And we're like, that's the bull we want. So it turns out that he was in between me and my buddies, and we'd separate. So we were texting and on radio sending pins, trying to figure out where we were to try to figure out whose bugle was whose. So it turned off at about 4.30. So that went for an hour? It went for a full hour of us chasing bulls around and bulls bugling. They weren't fighting. They weren't engaging with each other, but they were screaming at each other, screaming at us. Everybody was that's pissed. That's that early season stories you hear about when everybody's just starting to, all the bulls are kind of starting to find their testosterone. Yeah, like, they were like, like just waking up Yeah, and went silent. <clears throat> so I'm soaking wet and it's starting to get cold. So I end so up- So those random weathers I've also heard just light the bulls up. Like you get in the middle of a thunderstorm or you get a weather change from 70 degrees to rain. Yeah. Like I've heard that story many times. I've, I think I've seen it one time where it just, I don't know what it does. It just lights up the woods. It was the first day of heavy rain like that. So that's yeah. probably My buddy Mike says on. that uh, if, it, if you get an instant weather change from good to bad or if you get a thunderstorm, yeah. he said, grab, grab your stuff and run to the mountains. <laughs> Like, don't even stop, just run. That's what we were doing. <laughs> we were sprinting. So it goes quiet, and I try to get above this bull. My buddies are still a little bit lower than me. I'm soaking wet, so I'm literally wringing my socks out, changing my clothes, strip down <laughs> to my skivvies, switch the whole thing out, like dry and clean, finally comfortable. And we're, we're talking on the cell phones. We're like, dude, what do we do here? And I was like, rip another bugle. And my buddy rips a bugle, nothing happens. We wait until about five o'clock, and all of a sudden, it's a little faint bugle. Little faint, fancy bugle. Were they just all just like locator? Just, yeah, about, and everything was less like, than about hey, three seconds. Hey, I'm over here. Hey guys, I'm over here. Yes. Yeah. Until the big boy sounded off again. <laughs> and he let, you know, and he was right in, he was super close to us. Like we're a couple hundred yards away. And he just rips this, just huge bugle. And we're like, all right, here we go. So I go back to the, I need to get above this bull. And I would keep running up. My buddies would bugle. <laughs> he would push, I would run up, bugle, locate, and we would be, and what we didn't realize at the time was, is I was chasing one big sounding bull. Mm -hmm. They were chasing another big sounding bull. And we kept bugling at different bulls, but we could hear each other, but we couldn't hear the other person's bulls based oh on goodness. the location. So we're just both, both groups moving up the hill. Long story, <laughs> very short long story long, um, I end up getting up to this trail after chasing this bull up the hill, and it's now sundown. We're, so we're moving up this hill over the course of a few hours. Mm -hmm. Bulls are moving, bugling back and forth, and finally, I get up to where I hear about what sounds like five bulls bugling above me, and then several bulls bugling below me, and I'm starting to hear cow mews, mew, 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 just filling the timber. 
and my buddy rings the phone and I can't answer it because my phone's so wet and I'm just ticked off. I'm like all <laughs> rage caged. Like, yes, what do you want? He's like, dude, man, we've been like pushing so hard. I think we're done, man. It's like getting dark. And I'm like, guys, we're in the thick of it right now. This, <laughs> is, not the, this is not the time to, to quit. And he was like, man, I don't know. I was like, just let, just, just, where are you? Where are you? He's like, dude, I don't know. I don't know where you are. Your pins are messed up. The water's messing up your GPS, whatever. Just bugle for us. I was like, all right, hold on one second. So I mute it, let out a bugle. And this big monster bull that I can't hear is right next to them. And he just, just rips one 50 yards from them. And I hear him go, oh dude, there's one right next to us. Okay, back on, back on. I'm gonna call you back. <laughs> so they start pushing that bull. And I'm like, let's go, let's go. So I'm on the trail and I push, I'm in the, and the wind is swirling and it's raining. And I'm like, I'm gonna get set up. This is my day, this is my time, let's go. And so I get set up in this kind of clearing and I'm surrounded by cows. And I can hear all over. And I can hear little bulls you know, screaming in the distance, and then I hear my buddies bugling down below, and then I just hear this super throaty monster just going off. And I'm like, this is the spot. I've got a little bit of light. I can see my pins. I range every tree. I'm like, okay, everything is within a shooting window. I know it's gonna go on. And I hear him. I hear the bull come in. 50, 60 yards away max, and I'm like, and I'm knocked, ready to go. I can't see him. It's almost too dark to see, but we're still in legal shooting lights. And I'm like, I need to pull him in. I need to pull him in. And this is where I think I learned that I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what to do, whether I should have taken my shoes off my pack and like snuck in. But I also have heard like, you don't want to get in with the cows because if one wins you, then everybody's gone. So I was like, had all this stuff running through my head. I'm an idiot. I don't know. <laughs> I say, you know what? I need to pull him to me. I'm uphill, I have the wind. Last year when I did this, the bull came straight in. I'm like, I'm gonna rip a mean fighting bugle at him. And I'm gonna make him so ticked off that he's gonna charge right at me and I'm gonna wait for him to turn and I'm gonna shoot this guy. I rip a bugle, he rips a bugle back. Every single cow, <laughs> gone. He's like, oh ladies, and he's gone with them and I'm like, so mad. Of course, my, he runs right to my buddies and then they start bugling and trying to engage with him and by the time it's all said and done, they either shut up or leave. And I hear sticks breaking and I'm like, oh, maybe he's coming back. And then I hear, blah, 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 like on the cow call and I'm like, oh, dude. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> it's my buddies and we're all at the top of the hill together. And we're like, oh my God, how wild was that? And so that was our greatest success and biggest failure. We were surrounded by bulls talked to them for hours, almost gave up on the day, and then we're chasing some monster around that we never ended up seeing. But it was amazing. Dude, that sounds like the best day of hunting like in your life. It was insane. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, and it, it, you know, it's one of those things where, looking back on it, are there a million things that I could have done differently? Yes. Mm -hmm. Was it a learning opportunity 100%, but was it super fun and absolutely amazing to just engage with animals like that? Beyond belief. Awesome. So that was, that's the highlight of my elk hunting September right now. <laughs> Dude, you were, I would have paid to, paid admission, man. That's good, <laughs> that, that's good storytelling. <laughs> All right. Oh, man. So we reset the cameras. My story was a little long-winded and the cameras got tired, so we needed to reset them. <laughs> so now we're back. So, so that, yes. I heard three days there. 
Was there a couple other days that were? There were. There were a couple other days in there where I hunted by myself. And the last day I hunted, I took a mid-week day. Yeah. Uh, because I knew that my weekend was shot with work, mm-hmm. and um, it was probably going to be the last day I could hunt. It was this past Wednesday. Gotcha. And I, for whatever reason, just had kind of a free day that day, and I was like, you know what? I know that they're in the timber. I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. And so I pushed into the timber early in the morning mm-hmm. to one section where I knew the sneaky six was hanging out, mm-hmm. waited for him, and I'll, I'll send. I'll, I'll actually I'll put some. Vi- I have some video this time. I'll put some video on here. It was the creepiest thing i've ever seen the the trees it's all burned out right yeah in this one section fog had rolled in in the biggest way you can imagine so walking in in the dark at first light when Mm -hmm. the sun can't break through the cloud cover it looked like something out of the nightmare before christmas like it just was dark tree after dark tree swirling mist dead silent oh dude creepy (laughs) <laughs> Super creepy. So I get set up and it finally blows out. So you were still it, hunting, basically? Still hunting, basically, yeah. yeah. But then I got up to a glassing spot and was hoping that the sneaky six would come back down. And he never did. And there was so much wind and rain. It was freezing cold. Mm-hmm. And it just was really uncomfortable. I sat there till about midday, mm-hmm. hoping he'd filter into this meadow that I know he likes to frequent. Did not happen. And so I pulled out, ended up, uh, and that, that's about like a five-mile round trip to get to that spot and then back to the rig. Two and a half miles in. Two and a half miles in. Yeah. yeah. Two, two, three-ish. <clears throat> and then basically did the exact same thing in the other direction to get back to where the elk party was. Mm-hmm. Didn't hear a <clears throat> thing until about sundown. <clears throat> and what was so weird about it was, is it was in the bottom of this valley, but looking at Onyx, there's like a little shelf there. Oh, of course. And you're just hanging out on the shelf. North facing shelf, probably. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. But like going from heavily timbered to like really thick timber. And I just, I thought it was another hunter because I knew there were some guys mm-hmm. hunting around there. And I just kept hearing this sh- these short bugles, but on repeat, like, <laughs> it sounded like somebody practicing their elk call. And I was like, who's, what is this guy doing? So I started walking towards it and then I could hear like a little throat in there. I was like, oh, that is not a bugle tube. That is an elk. Oh. Nonstop, this guy just bugling every like three to five seconds. What? It was weird. And I should have recorded it because it was so strange sounding. And then I realized there were probably a couple spikes in his herd with him, Uh, bugling a little bit too. But there was just like nonstop bugling from the same location in the thick timber like he was trying to figure out where everybody was. Same situation, plow down about like a mile into this timber chasing this bugle sound, get within 50 yards, and then I cow call, he bugles, and kind of takes a couple steps. I move in a little bit deeper, get really close. Cow call, he bugles, cannot get him to move anywhere. I kept trying to find shooting lanes, anything. They kept moving away, and finally I did the same thing, just like ripped a bugle, like, come on, dude, fight me. And he ripped a huge bugle, super throat. I was like, that's the big guy. And then they went up to this meadow. And the reason I know they went up to the meadow is I met a hunter that was waiting for him up there. And he had a shot at 60 yards and then got winded. Oh, bummer. (laughs) But there's just, it was just amazing to be in and around that many elk, have them be that talkative. And then also to hear weird sounds coming from these animals. Like to hear them, that guy bugling like that on repeat over and over and over again. It was like the quintessential, like this hunter's overcalling type moment, yeah. or this this kid is learning how to do it. Yeah. But it was a it was a freaking huge elk. Wow. Weird. Weird. Yeah. yeah. 
I will say, um, I'm going to have a very short follow-up to yours because <laughs> mine was so boring it wasn't even funny. <laughs> How was your elk season, good sir? <clears throat> well, like I said, <laughs> this was my first experiment with like trying to combine a hunting trip with like a family camping trip. Oh, right. So yeah. I learned a lot. But um, so my son, he's almost six. My daughter is four. My wife, um, they we we had our uh, we borrowed a tent trailer and set up a pretty nice base camp with, you know, kitchen set up and stuff. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I would say overall, if I was just scoring it on like a camping trip, it was a decent camping trip. Yeah. Um, but I learned, I think, you know, trying until, until the kids are able to really engage more with the hunting part of it, or unless it's like a, a deer hunting trip in the desert where you're just glassing only and driving around in a side by side. Totally. <clears throat> I kind of failed at hunting well and i kind of failed at doing family camp well <laughs> i kind of was there but not great at either one sure so lesson for me moving forward if the kids and family are going they have to be my priority yeah not necessarily the hunting um and then the hunting needs to be hunting priority sure. um so i look forward to being able to share that as yeah. like ben gets older Absolutely. like i can't wait for that but his five six year old legs were not going to follow the places we were going Understandable. So, um, for us, we got, I'm going to just flat up say where we went because I don't plan on going back there. I might save somebody from going there. We were notes. on. <laughs> Take notes. We were, so we went over, um, we were in Murders Creek. We were on the east side up by Aldridge. And we scouted there in the summer. We took one weekend, went over there, and we found six bulls and a bunch of bucks. And we were excited. Yeah. What I you know, not having hunted there before, not having hunted there in a long time. Um, I didn't know the area that we had found the animals in was also an area that everybody and their brother goes to. Gotcha. <clears throat> so the hunting pressure was completely different than I expected. Everybody knew, you know, about the areas and where, where animals were, um, which, I mean, that's lesson of not having hunted there before yeah, and not having any way with boots on ground experience. <clears throat> but anyway, um, first morning we did find, um, three bulls in exactly where we'd found them scouting. Oh, nice. We had this glassing knob that we would hike, were hiking out to. It was like a half mile from the road that looked over this huge burn area. And it was nothing but just straight down into just nasty holes that we were glassing into. So found three bulls um, literally within five minutes of daylight, just, just glassing. And um, one, the two bulls were about 1,200 yards away and there was another one at like 900 yards away, but they were, between 12 and 1500 feet of elevation below. Gotcha. So not even a mile away and you lose 1500 feet. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so I sat there and watched them for a little bit and I'm like, well, if I can figure out where they're bedding, like I'll have a pretty good play to just do a spot and stock yeah. on them. Um, so I'm watching and what looked to me like a relatively flat bench below me where they were grazing. It was kind of a grassy bench in this burn. And then there's another one down in this drainage below. What looked to me fairly flat, when I got down there, I found out it was not even close to flat. Mm. Um, you know, I, I thought I'd be able to see them. But as they started to move down to the drainage, I started to lose them and find them again. I realized like, oh shoot, I gotta go now yeah. if I'm even gonna find these bulls again. So I get maybe, 300 yards from my starting point and I have already fallen at least once maybe twice going down this rock face I mean it's like like I'm reaching out my hand and touching the earth behind me like going downhill oh, man like, yeah. and I picked up the wind was changing on me everything like it, it was it was just basically a disaster sure <laughs> and about 
300 yards, 400 yards down the hill, I take a pretty good wreck and I break three arrows in my quiver. No way. Fortunately, the bow was fine, cams were fine, stream was fine. So but did I you, broke, you go... I broke three arrows because I was walking. All of a sudden, next thing I know, my feet were just out and I was falling and oh, I landed man. and I couldn't get my bow out from underneath me yeah. in time. And I landed on the bow and it snapped three of six arrows. That's crazy. So I'm like, oh, well, hopefully I only need three arrows. We're gonna keep <laughs> so, going. That's all you need to get it done. <laughs> um, that's, that's a hard fall. Yeah, it was, it surprised me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Jeez. it just, just snapped them. Um, so Did you keep them at least? I get those framed. Uh, they're somewhere. Yeah. I don't know where they are. I got <laughs> the broadheads your... off them. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, get down and I found a bunch, you know, I found a water hole and a bunch of other stuff. So I'm going down. There was a lot of water in that burn area. So I was like, oh, wow, this is really good elk habitat. Um, got down, lost all the elevation, lost 1,600 feet of elevation to where those bulls ended up disappearing into. Yeah, yeah. And I went into the, what looked like when you're glassing, like these kind of like little bushes. It turns out these bushes are like 20 feet tall, like these little thickets. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was like totally out of my perspective on what I got, two different things. Yeah, Once yeah. I actually got there, it was just co two completely different things. And uh, I, uh, I get down, and it's like Elk City down in there. Yeah. Um, but then uh, the elk just disappeared. So I'm, I'm, I look up at where my buddy is, up at the top of the hill, and I'm like, oh my goodness. I get to climb out of here. I'm gonna enjoy the next hour, hour and a half of my life. And <laughs> now it all floods back. Everything I just walked down and like crashed down. I'm like, oh my goodness. So I looked at Onyx for a minute and I looked and I found like what I thought was like the best ridge to go back up. Yeah. And so I ended up, I lost some distance and went further down, but picked up this other ridge and went back up. And uh, the funny thing was I'm going up this ridge. It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't horrible. <clears throat> it took me an hour and 10 minutes to go um, 1,600 yards. Ooh. <laughs> so I'm like less than one mile per hour pace. Yeah. And I was hoofing. I was just, I, I, was, I probably lost 40, 50 ounces of water going sure. up. Because by that time the sun had come out and it was like probably 75 degrees by the time I got to the top, 70 yeah, yeah. degrees. But I was going through and I don't know what was going on, but there was these little flowers that were blooming. Mm -hmm. And I'm just walking through fields of pollen like every time i touch one it just launches oh, fields of pollen by the time i got to the top i was sweaty as could be <laughs> and just covered in pollen <laughs> from head to toe i mean well i got back to camp i'd already cleaned most of it off and there was a guy who i saw not too long ago he goes what did you do like what did you crawl through i'm like you don't even want to know where I've been. You don't. You don't want to go down there ever. <laughs> trust me. But then, oh, from that point forward, we didn't hear a bugle in five days. No way. We called some, but we didn't hear a bugle in five days. Um, Jeez. So, so that was Thursday, Friday. Like everybody showed up. Yeah. There. So that was day two. Um, we glassed. We found. I think we saw a buck that day, but never had a chance to put you know, get close enough to him. Something like 180 yards, never mm -hmm. got closer. Um, glassing the next morning. Um, well, that morning, Friday morning, we did a big loop through some of the elkiest looking area that we had scouted. There's just no elk. There hadn't been elk in there in a couple weeks. And Jeez. I don't know. Best guess I have is two things. We had some wolf pressure. But two, I think, I think just a lot of other hunters had seen the same thing I had, yeah. you know, either 
scouting or years past or whatever, and I think it just been pressured out. Mm. <clears throat> so we came up with a couple other plans, tried them out Saturday, <clears throat> going into Sunday. Nothing was nothing was doing. So I think it was Sunday we ended up just took a day and just drove around the unit, just checking out other areas, hoping that we would stumble on just glass. Sure. Hope we'd stumble on <clears throat> some animals. Uh, did put a stock on a buck. Um, I no idea. I got to about 150 yards the last time I saw him, and then I went over this little rise to where I, I thought I was going to, if everything went right, I was going to have like a 35-yard shot right below some rocks. Yeah. Came up. <laughs> Wonder where he went. Jeez. No clue. That's the worst. But, you know, yeah. so I got a couple stocks in on bucks. Nice. Um, nothing came, came uh, of it. Uh, but that morning on Sunday was when we went up into the strawberries. Yeah, and yeah. So we were up to about 8,000 feet in elevation, drove, there's a trailhead that takes off. And from that trailhead, there's this huge basin you can glass. And we're glassing, and lo and behold, we saw like 20 mountain goats, a couple pretty big billies. That's it was pretty cool. Um, you Did know, they stand out? Because <clears throat> I still haven't really seen one oh, in the wild. Oh, yeah. So they just, they're just white speck on the mountain kind you of thing? glass the rocks Yeah. in these big drainages, you know, these big basins that have these rock outcroppings. You just glass them and you're like, oh my goodness. You're like, there are 10 mountain goats. Whoa, <laughs> this is really cool. That is wild. It was fun. That's really It was cool. really fun. Did they peg you from a long way away? Did they see you or were they just doing their own thing? Best guess, we were glassing these goats up at about a mile to a mile and a half. Yeah. They had no clue. Wow. Okay. Well, if they saw us, they're like, oh, there's just a bunch of granola hikers up there. <laughs> like, we were still at the trailhead. <laughs> Trail mix guys over there. We're fine. We're chilling. That's funny. But, um, what but a wild The thing strawberries, though, have me intrigued. Yeah. Maybe not from a hunting perspective as much, um, though I'm sure it could be pretty good. They have me intrigued because I wouldn't mind going up there and just backpacking. It's beautiful. Absolutely. Country up there. There's all those lakes up in that high mountain, alpine country. I'd like to just go up there in the summer for a couple days, one next summer or something, and just go backpacking. 100%. So, yeah, I have some friends cool. that spend time up there, and they just talk about how gorgeous it is all the time. It is. It's not as pretty as the Eagle Caps. Not That's quite. a different ball game. Yeah. But it, it's pretty cool. That's awesome. Um, but anyway, that was that was my adventure. But the inter the thing was, it was interesting, is what happened on my way home. I kind of I started processing, you know, well, what, what, what went wrong with this trip? Because I had this weird, like, annoyance pit in my gut, just, like, annoyed with myself. And I was annoyed with myself because I, two things. One, I didn't have the perspective or the priorities that I probably should have had. I had this in my mind, this utopia, where I could do a full-blown, like, awesome family trip with a full-blown hunting trip all mm -hmm. in one. And it just isn't, like, in my mind, it wasn't possible now that I've experienced it yeah <clears throat> so one I was kind of frustrated with like the, the lost opportunity like with my wife and kids and just some of the things that we could have done yeah I was definitely I was disappointed myself that I didn't have the perspective but of course never done it before yeah, so I'm no, not sure how time. I could like yeah I was still you know a little bit frustrated but then I was also frustrated because during that trip I realized that I had lost a step from Alaska physically and mentally I was not fully engaged with being there. I was not fully engaged, um, you know, and I had almost taken, I'd, I'd say almost taken a month off, kind of. I was shooting my bow and getting ready and doing different things, but I wasn't physically re-engaged, <clears throat> and I completely lost a step um, physically. When you say lost a step, what do you mean by that? What I mean by that is, like, I, I did not have the energy. I did not have the strength in my legs, the endurance. Because you're just in that period of a month of kind of 
relaxing. Yeah. It was amazing how much disappeared. Wow. And so it, like a degenerative <laughs> skill set almost kind of thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just like, yeah, it went down a peg. I didn't yeah. have the endurance. Wild. Um, so then I became a little bit frustrated with myself. Sure. And then I started thinking about why. And this, is, this was the gold nugget that I got from September. Okay. The gold nugget I got from September was I started thinking about how I was making decisions. And like, so take for example, I had based a lot of the decisions I was making after I got back from Alaska on just recovery. Mm -hmm. But recovery turned to falling immediately back into just making the more comfortable decision. And it was with either what I was eating, sleeping in instead of getting up and working out, you know, oh, I need to stretch tonight. So I'm gonna kind of lay on the living room floor and halfway stretch instead of doing whatever yeah. other thing I could have been doing or <clears throat> being, you know, not going the extra mile to be a little bit more prepared with more planning before the trip or a little bit more studying or a little bit more, you know, just being more prepared to take advantage of not take advantage of, but react to situations. Like if everything went south, like having good plan B's and C's. Yeah. I had no plan B and C <laughs> and D. I had plan A. Um, plan A didn't work. Sure. Um, but so then improv. it. But then I get back. So that was got back on Tuesday. Wednesday I'm at church, and we have our like security meeting that we do uh, once a month for <clears throat> our leadership group that also does security. And I'm sitting there, and they. Roger had done a little devotion and I was just sitting there thinking and I'm like, you know, I've got this whole thing of comfort and like disdain all of a sudden towards comfort. Sure. And making decisions based on what is the most comfortable thing versus what is the right thing or the thing that leads to growth or whatever. Yeah. And I came back with a whole different mindset of intentionality and just literally trying to, to rewire how I was thinking that like, Making a decision because the most comfortable thing is an instant like check engine light. Sure. Like if I'm about to make a decision because it like leads to comfort, like check engine light. Like I wanna, I wanna, I want to do things that are hard. I want to do things that challenge me. I want to do the things that bring growth. And growth is not comfortable. There's growth no actually, growth in the comfort. Growth thing. actually really hurts a yeah. lot of times. And uh, the the funny thing was, I don't know if it was like God's mercy or something on me that I had this revelation because the last two weeks have been anything but comfortable. <laughs> oh my goodness, I feel like I can't touch anything right now that doesn't turn into a problem. Like we've had all kinds of transactional issues and people issues and this, that, and the other thing work-wise. Yeah. And then, you know, I've got back into my like 4.15, 4.30 get up routine, which I'm actually gonna hit up some oh, yeah, of these. A little caffeine, a little caffeine nodule. Um, I'm gonna hit up some of these energy, uh, <laughs> energy chews. Um, but delicious <laughs> man i'm starting to fade um but i've got back into that routine and i wrote out like all the stuff i wanted to accomplish between then and my idaho trip so i'm like got back into setting goals and got back into doing some of those different things and like this morning when i was working out granted i had hit a sleep deprivation cycle and had to rest here for the last few days because sure. i was pushing too hard and then a couple other things um Got to hung out with the old pastor at the Cowboy Church on Saturday night. And I don't think I left church till like midnight. And then I had to get up early on yeah, Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And anyway, I, I put myself backwards a little bit, but it was worth it. Um, I got up this morning and I just, I just started to feel the difference. Like I was a mile and a half into my jog this morning. And I was like, man, I really, 
I'm not breathing hard. Yeah. Like, I feel good. I got, you know, ah, push-ups and pull-ups stuck this morning. I was struggling <laughs> through that a little bit. But, like, I, I wrapped up with just 100 straight air squats, just cranked them out, and I didn't even think twice about it. Like, I didn't slow down. I didn't do anything. I just, like, just did it. And I'm like, oh, wow, that feels really good. Like, my legs weren't even taxed or sore or anything. Like, yeah. Well, actually, that actually stinks. Now i got to start adding more weight and doing more things to <laughs> it. We're in the weight vest, yeah. But... Um, and I've been doing a bunch of different stuff, you know, just trying to focus on that core stability. Some of those things I, I noticed I started to struggle with because my back was starting to hurt when I was out there. Mm. Just, from, just from time under load, of just even a 30-pound pack or whatever it was. Yeah. So anyway, long story short, I came back with a disdain for, like, making decisions based on comfort. And I realized I'm like, I, I want to keep that mindset for the rest of my life. Absolutely. Like I, I want to grab onto that. And I think so much of our culture today is like, let's be comfortable. Let's, let's, let's do all these things just that make our lives easier. Let's, let's, let's do the easy thing instead of, oh my goodness, doing the harder thing, forcing yourself to grow, setting goals, making, you know, c climbing mountains, conquering challenges. Um, leads to growth and it leads to you being a better person, a better husband, father, businessman, all those different things. And um, honestly, just it was a wake up call, a re wake up call. Yeah. I've, I've experienced this a couple of times, but it was like, how quickly can you slide back into complacency very fast after <laughs> a couple of years of like intense intentionality? Like all it takes is like you get to the top of one mountain, have a victory. You come off the other side of it and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm just going to be comfortable for a while. Yeah, I'm gonna veg Don't do that. Like, it's not worth it. You're absolutely correct. And it's funny, like after the elk season that I had and, you know, work being intense and lots of other stuff going on in my personal life, I definitely have fallen off because I've been eating healthier and focusing on the nutritional stuff and then also working out fairly often. But hiking around, I felt, you know, super solid. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm hiking miles and miles and miles. I've got this. And even though it's only been like a week or two, I noticed that I was leaning heavily on the successes and not following up in the resting period with at least some level of progression. Mm -hmm. And I looked at myself, I was like, oh yeah, I've gained a couple pounds mm -hmm. since this all, since I started taking a break mm -hmm. from the working out or the focusing yeah, yeah. on my, and it was, it's instant. It, yeah. it, like to your point of how easy it is to kind of slide back into it, it literally was like 48 hours to 72 hours to where like, oh man, I feel a little bit different. I felt great three days ago, mm -hmm. but now I don't feel so great or I'm eating too much or I'm not working out. And so it's a great example of why, like why, going back to your original question, why do we hunt? Why do we do this? It's in a way to remind us that yes, you have to do hard things mm -hmm. to become the person that you wanna be. Mm -hmm. And if you don't do that, you'll never have the opportunity to realize that. Mm -hmm. And hunting is, in a very specific sense, an example of even though when you do do hard things, you don't necessarily shoot a bull or kill a deer or whatever, you still have put effort into something mm -hmm. that, you know, nine out of ten other people wouldn't have ever done. And it reminds you that, yeah, I have that capacity, I have that capability, and gives you those tools to deploy mentally mm -hmm. across all of your other all of your other other things that you do in your life. Absolutely, and I think just doing hard things and having success with hard things, it it's interesting how well it transcend, transcends from a physical 
you know, whether it's a workout or a hunting situation or a hike or whatever it is, how well that mental toughness transcends to the workplace, to a relationship, to whatever it is. Like, oh yeah, I can, I can withstand this discomfort yeah. for a period of time and it's not that big a deal. Or yeah. maybe it is a big deal, but you're still able to go through it well, mm -hmm. you know, instead of being a pile of emotional train wreck, yeah. carnage. Like you're like, oh, no, I, I'm good. Yeah, you can be squared away while you navigate that chaos. I mean, think about the whole reason, like the the elite, you know, military operators that go through buds or the different spec ops type things. Like so much of what they do is just mental training, mm -hmm. mental toughness. The guys who look like they fit the part are often the ones who fall out first. Is what what like what I've observed in different books and things I've listened to. Um, you know, because life's been easy for them physically up to that point. But it's the guys who look like they're, you know, not, you know, not that guy who's, you would expect. Yeah, not and the yoke just, dude over there. They just got mental toughness like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. And they, they make it through. And the guy who looks like he's all jacked and completely looks the part falls out on the second day. Exactly. So, yeah, because he wasn't getting his pre-workout in. Yeah. What's scary is the guys who have mental toughness and look like that. Oh, those guys yeah. are Good scary. night. Yeah, thank you. That's, that's yeah. the goal. Yeah. That's the mission, kids. <laughs> um, but anyway. So you're going to Idaho when? Uh, 17th or 18th of this month of October. Okay, so soon. Yeah. So from everything we've talked about tonight, knowing how Alaska went versus your family hunt, what is, if there was going to be one or two things that you're going to focus on for the Idaho hunt, what are you going to focus on? Expectations. I'm, I'm trying to get my expectations, um, I call it just realistic. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not, I'm not, I don't have these crazy irrational, like it's going to be super easy. I, I'm really trying to set the uh, expectation in my mind that I, I'm gonna have to grind hard. And it's gonna be a lot of hours of glassing, a lot of miles, mm -hmm. <clears throat> potentially a lot of false starts. Sure. Where we're gonna, you know, whether it's due to hunting pressure, due to animals not being there, whatever it is, that gonna have to have plans A through Z in place. And uh, super looking forward to the fellowship of hanging out with Dan and Mike and you know, just that time together, the ride over. I'm sure Dan and I'll talk for who you know who knows about how many different subjects with 12, 13 hours in the pickup going It'll over. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. But then, just just you know, kind of grinding for the next couple of weeks, just getting ready, mm -hmm. um, doing, just being consistent, being consistent, not trying to conquer the world between now and then, but just every every hard step is one step closer to the top of another mountain. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, and then, you know, obviously things are business-wise, super blessed. Still got plenty of challenges happening right now. Absolutely. But in a, in a marketplace where you do hear a lot of people who don't have a transaction going, you know, when I, my biggest problem is I can't keep track of all the different things we have going and figuring out, you know, what, what the next priority is. Like, yeah. it's a great problem to have super blessed in that regard um also super excited that uh friday kids and i are going fishing with wes oh that'll be that's, and then that's next friday ben and i are doing a one night backpacking trip for his birthday oh wow with the new teepee so we're gonna fire up a wood stove maybe cook a marshmallow inside the <laughs> teepee yeah, man. that'll be awesome <laughs> that'll be a blast so yeah getting getting super excited that gotta get that i gotta 
get that seek outside TP broke in. Yeah. That'll be fun. Take it for a test drive. Well, yeah. I'm excited for you. You got a lot of fun stuff coming up. Not as excited as I am for you. Well, thank you, good sir. Yeah. <laughs> You're getting married. I know. Yeah, it's crazy. And that yeah. is awesome. I'm super stoked. And it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things, like, and I've mentioned this in other podcasts when we talked, it's definitely like something that Erica and I did not plan on, and we're really happy to be doing together. That's and, awesome. And so um, there's been a lot of outpouring of love and support, which I guess we should have expected, but maybe we didn't. That is what happens. Yeah, that is normal. Like a, lot, <laughs> a lot of people reaching out saying, oh, hey, this is great. So we're, we're elated. We're super pumped. And I think, honestly, like kind of talking about like that you know, no growth in the comfort zone type thing. Yeah. This year has been a big push. This has been a big grind for me. Yeah. So having the wedding as its own standalone entity to celebrate the work that Erica and I have put in like across the timeline of our relationship, but also the hardships that we've navigated together in the most recent year or two mm -hmm. have been a big growth period for us. And I think that we're succeeding. And then the opportunity to basically go on vacation together, which is something we haven't had the opportunity to do in a little while. Like, and, and not to say like, I wanna let stuff fall by the wayside, but at the same time, it would be really nice to lean into that. Yeah, no, that's you awesome. Know? So, Congrats. thank you.